you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you make progress on your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza! You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. Yeah! So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. What's up, man? Hello, Andy. So we have two more, just kind of a teaser. We've got two more Co-Loop episodes with interviews with Co-Loop artists to go. This is our second to last for the time being. Indeed, that's correct. Uh, the math is right there? I It checks out. Okay. Um, so who do we have this week? We have... Drumroll. <laughs> Watercolor artist and designer Yao Chang. Yeah. Yao's work is gorgeous if you've never seen it before. And this episode, this was the last one, the most recent that I've recorded. And I was not expecting what we talked about at all. I'd prepared a bunch of questions, of course. And her answers surprised me so much that we just went a totally different direction. That's great. Uh, we, uh, you know, I always thought, you know, Yao is super f- professional, like very on it about stuff and has a hu- really high levels of quality. And I just did not know that behind all that was a bunch of weird. <laughs> I, I, what's so funny to me about that is just because I think that directly kind of correlates to the work she does or maybe the perceptions of the work she does as well, right? Like her natural medium is watercolor. She's a watercolor artist. And I think if you just take that at surface level, people might not understand, uh, you know, all the surprising that lies underneath that. She applies applies her work to a myriad of different products. She's doing surface pattern design. She's licensing. You know, you can find her wink work on journals and and stationery and drinkware and all of these different things. Um, and I, I think that's really, really surprising. And I think the other thing is after this conversation, I realized that it shouldn't have been a surprise because her the way she approaches watercolor is pretty out there. It's not the run of the mill things that you're you're thinking of when you think of watercolor. It is this uh, moving, living, pulsing, like ethereal kind of watercolor that bleeds and and it almost appears to be moving. And to hear all of the thinking behind that was really amazing. And it was also, uh, I, I think it kind of this conversation hits on one of the big core values for Co-Loop, which is this idea that it's not just about the work. It's not just about, uh, you know, being a creative superstar. For you, being an agent has always been about primarily relationships. Absolutely. It's this idea of like um, melding the professional with the personal, like not just establishing a great business working relationship, you know, on the professional side, but also having that sense of a personal connection, being able to associate and work with someone 
Um, also on that personal level, like I want to be able to know um, that I can sit down and have a beer with that person, right? Um, in the same way that we're- Or a coffee. Or Some a, of our artists are sober. Or, or a coffee <laughs> or a tea or yeah. go to the Drink movies. Drink of your choice. Go to the movies yes. together. I mean, we saw um, Avengers Endgame together last year, right? That, it was nothing, different times. Nothing to do with work. But oh, yeah. yes. Remembering fondly the- times we go to movie theaters but yeah and and that was always that always exuded from the relationship me and Yao have established like we connect both on the professional and the personal level and uh, yeah and we and I've been friends with Yao for a long time and I think that the the interesting thing is that it's not it's not either or and it, it's a flywheel kind of thing because for us it's yeah relationships are the most important part but good relationships may make the best work Absolutely. and it just goes and it's cyclical like that and so i think you're going to get a sense of that in this conversation you might have some mind blowing moments from all the weird uh, quantum physics stuff that goes into inspiring Yao's work. Uh, this is one of my favorite conversations. So let's get to it. Let's do it. Just a quick heads up for context. I want to mention that this was recorded pre-COVID times, but I couldn't cut this episode because it's a great deep dive into the best kinds of esoteric creative inspirations. Uh, it's actually kind of a masterclass from Yao about how to get weird with your influences while making beautiful, accessible stuff. The content of the show is evergreen creative philosophy, and I hope it's an escape from the 2020 madness for you. It's funny, I was thinking about the last time that I was talking to you, mm -hmm. and it was right after I had come back from maternity leave when I had my first kid. Yeah. And now I'm talking to you <laughs> after coming Let's back from maternity leave. Let's just make this, the only time we talk is I after know. you've had a baby. So never again. <laughs> um, this is the last time. <laughs> last time we get to talk. Uh, but it's funny how much my career has changed, mm -hmm. how different things feel from that first time coming back to the second time coming back having ryan help represent yeah. me and Coloop has a large part to do with that mm. but i also just think as a creative entrepreneur every year is just so different yes. though this year feels particularly different because yeah. i'm coming back to having an agent in the last year and a half and so there is some momentum built in pushing my work in more licensing and commercial work, mm -hmm. um, that momentum You've has done already, some big yeah, right. Like I've direction. already started some of that, yeah. but also, uh, which was strategically something that I wanted to put in place before I went on maternity leave, yep. and I think that was the right decision for me. But also, you know, kind of going backwards, and that I've had someone full time with me building my business for the last four years and now I'm going back to not having someone mm -hmm. and then still contemplating do I want a part-time person like do I want to just be a one-person studio for a while yeah and having all of that happen simultaneously with an agent and pushing my work in a new direction makes this year feel particularly different yeah uh but just as exciting Otherwise, I don't think I would have made these decisions. Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason why, and I try and listen to my gut as much as I can. But um, I think I think it's the right decision for me. But it it still feels really really scary. Yes, because it's so different. That is the, and that's exactly what but, I was talking about. But you know what? Sometimes you have to do that. You have you to kind of scrap everything yep. and start with a clean desk. Yes. To be able to build things the way you want to without feeling obligated to certain things that you've already started mm -hmm. or you don't want to part with, but then you kind of do. And so I think just scrapping everything gives you the freedom to listen to your gut Yep. And start something new and exciting. I just did an episode on this. Uh, I talked about it like when I was in middle school, I had to get eight teeth pulled so that I could get braces. Um, oh, my god! Because gosh. I had eight baby teeth that wouldn't wow. let go. And, uh, <laughs> and my dentist, painful. it was horrible. It was, 
<laughs> it was dramatic. But my dentist was like, they're not coming out. The only way you're, the next ones will come in mm-hmm. is if you take them out. And so yeah. there's just this like, you know, the new thing. And it's thi- painful. It's super painful. Yes. Right. And all the, to make room for the new things, you've got you've to clear it away. You have to. And I also had this yoga t- teacher tell me um, in class, she said that, you know, shedding the leaves for the tree, this is like part of the process. And I've looked into yeah. it a little bit and they talk about how um, the reason the tree sheds its leaves is because uh, it expends a lot of energy taking care of the leaves. And so if it right. if it does that through winter, then it'll get it, it it won't be powerful enough to sustain and could get knocked over and you know all this kind of yes. stuff. And so I do think I've been in that same process of all right, clear it all out. There's yeah. there's something very therapeutic as a yes. creative too to just be like, you know what? I'm not the same person anymore. Boom. I'm just, everything. Yeah. Yeah. New challenge. Yes. And I think we like putting ourselves in those that's why really uncomfortable positions. And I think that's when really great creative ideas come from. Yes. Is when you put in this position of like, okay, now it's got to go somewhere. Now I have to make something. Yeah. You're pushing yourself to have to create and do something new. Yes. I think it's, you know, m- the primary reason why I chose this career was because it's not boring. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. It's definitely not boring. <laughs> yeah. And I try to it's remember when things. you're stressed and it's. I know. That's that's because it's not boring. It I wouldn't know. be stressful if it was boring. Yeah. Would you trade it? No, no. definitely not. No. Yeah. So that For makes cruising sense. cruising to a paycheck? No, no, I wouldn't. But it, it does come with its own set of unique stresses. And I don't know. Yeah. So where I am currently is um, I've been, I've unplugged from social media and my website is kind of under construction. I'm revamping everything, revamping my retail side of the business and going through my studio and organizing everything. And that's kind of me. That's my way of scrapping everything off my desk is re-looking at everything. Do I really need this? Yeah. Do I really need this part of my business? Um, so I think taking everything out, throwing out the things that I don't need anymore so that I have the space to start new things is where I am right now. And I feel really good about it, but it's also really, really scary Mm -hmm. not to be working on big projects or being in the middle of, you know, however many consecutive projects that are lined up, I think feels really scary. But I think knowing that I've done this for seven going on eight years Mm -hmm. also gives me experience and the reminder that, oh, I've been here before. It's always worked out. The puzzle is not worked out, but it will eventually come together. I just have to trust the process and just like take a breath and actually enjoy the slow times and having the time to do the things that I always have not been able to do like bookkeeping yeah <laughs> bookkeeping <laughs> no but all the like the the logistics and the the back end things that it's just it's not very creative but mm-hmm. it's also essential yep especially when things are rolling yeah it's important to have those foundations and know that like okay like those are those are things that are in good place now i don't have to worry about it and i could just work worry about the creative work 100 percent. that makes total sense and i think uh <sighs> I feel like with the podcast, I feel like 50% of who I'm talking to mm-hmm. are people who it's like I'm talking to my past self who has never had a big break yeah. and needs uh, to believe in themselves without proof. Yeah. Where you just talked yes. about when you're in this season, you're like, I've done this a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, it's still really hard. I yes. still feel like, what if Stress it doesn't work? terrifying it, as it, the first but time. But at least you knew, yeah. like, you know what? I've done some things. Yeah. And I... And I've been here before and I know how to do yeah. it. And so 50% of the show, I feel like I'm talking to people who have never had a break and they're having to just survive on the fumes Ugh. of self-belief. Right. And I remember that first leg of the journey right. being like, what if this never happened? What if like, <laughs> what if I'm crazy? You know what I mean? I've had that. And so I feel like, awesome, yeah. So I yeah. feel like that 50% is me talking to those people and saying, You've got to sustain that belief, trusting your gut, putting it, which allows you to put in the time and discipline to make Mm -hmm. it happen until that first time. And then if you're back, you can't get eaten up by now I'm washed up. Now I'm, you know, because 
instead you got to take you know uh, solace and 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 confidence from yeah and you've been here a billion times like yeah. it, and this is part of it and, and yes. that's why the seasonal idea helps me so much of like yeah you're just in winter yeah it's it always happens it happens all the I time know. yeah i know it does and i think you need those seasons too mm-hmm. as much as I fight against them. You definitely, I, you definitely need them. And I'm yes. so terrified of them. Me too. I need them yeah. because I need that slow time for myself creatively yeah. to come up with new ideas, but also to appreciate it when it's really crazy. Oh yeah. Um, you need both. I you I, need that contrast. You need the dark to the appreciate pendulum, the light. Like that kind I, of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my creative work, but also like as a as an entrepreneur, I just I need that. I need to know. I need to push on both sides of the boundaries. Yeah. To I don't know to know how far I can push. I guess. But right now, I'm thinking about an idea that's completely different from my work, and mm-hmm. it's terrifying too. And I was. <laughs> yeah. Just talking to Ryan about yeah. it. Um, but it's something that I've been brewing for a while. And um, so it started with taking my kid to COSI, which is in town, this like science. Science, kids science museum. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It is cool. Uh, I'm really glad I had a boy because yeah. I get to like geek out about things yeah. that like I never otherwise Girls can do it. Yeah, yeah. But I think boys just like take it to that There's, place I feel like, like with Legos. And like, yeah. I wouldn't normally play with Legos, but I'm like, yeah. this is so cool. And like, <laughs> yeah. you really think about. Yeah. So, but we were at the planetarium and I was just like, man, like outer space. This is just thinking about like the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite, uh, favorite thing. It's By the way. so mind-blowing. Yeah. And it helps that, you know, like, I've done some work in that space, mm-hmm. like, with the one day for Chronicle Books, and then um, Celestial Note Cards for them, and then with Tervis, like, doing, like, celestial things. Seeing my work in that kind of space, mm-hmm. like, just gets more ideas churning and... What else can I do with yeah. watercolor? And it's so interesting to put something like two things that doesn't seem like have a lot in common and mushing them together mm-hmm. is where like it's so weird. That's creativity. That's yes. you know, combination. Unexpected combinations. Unexpected combinations. I mean that's it. It's like what happens when you put those two things together? I don't really know. Yeah. It's scary in that way but i want to do a lot of research and reading i've been listening a lot to neil degrasse tyson and, oh yeah oh, it's so cool i want to dive deep into this uh <laughs> because uh, you know so... i feel like there's a good highlight here of you know when you're in that season of um winter whatever you want to call it yeah uh, the thing that i try to come back to over and over when i'm panicking yes. is uh, what Liz Gilbert talks about, she says that, you know, you need to be led by curiosity and not fear. And yeah. one of the things I keep thinking is the only thing I want to be afraid of is not being curious. Is, yes. And so it sounds like in that time, it's easy. It'd be easy for you to panic and be like, all right, I need to get, I need to revamp that other part of my business that always yes. worked. And I need to, you know, all that, yes. but that's all based, or, you know, I've heard people, I need to learn this software package yeah. and I've got, you know, and I think, okay, for me, I've never learned any software from a place of fear that I ever, ever used. I did. I have learned tons of software and skills yeah. based on curiosity that yeah. I use. Yeah, And so uh, I love you're talking about this engine of the curiosity. And yeah. I think recentering, if anybody's yeah. listening to this, that's in that winter season and you're constantly ebbing and flowing between panic and curiosity. Yeah. I just keep you pushing gotta back. Keep list- yeah. You got to trust yourself. Like yeah. That's why I started my business was yes. because I was curious. Yes. And it was never to sell an art print or yep. make a commodity out of it. Um I mean, that was an ends to a means to an end. Yeah. But um, it always started with but something that I was interested. But you could have done a billion things to get money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. Money might but have it always been, started an idea. Yeah. yeah. Did and you, then seeing where that idea goes. Let's talk about, um, I want to talk about the space science thing, curiosity. Uh, I just so wanted to. Cool. Oh, I mean, this is, <laughs> what I like about quantum physics to me is, uh, I love 
I was just thinking about this the other day. So I'm very interested in what's beyond our senses. Oh, I know. I just love that. Okay, so <laughs> so um, I was watching this like lecture. Uh-huh. I Neil deGrasse Tyson did on uh-huh. YouTube. It's like this three hour lecture, and he, so he talks about like all these little like at one point he talks about how quantum mechanics to us like because of our cap our limitation. Yeah. As humans, enabled in what we can process and understand and perceive like, and sense and yeah, yeah. it's like um. We're in our world and you see the circle coming towards, it looks like a circle to you. And mm-hmm. it's just like a circle that's like a pin dot and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it kind of recedes. But if we were able to get outside of ourselves, if we had a higher understanding of our world and dimension, we would be able to see that, no, it was in fact a sphere yeah. that was coming through this and piece blips. of paper. Yeah. That the paper is yeah. our life and the sphere is the thing that was a pin dot and it moved through yeah. the piece of paper. But we couldn't perceive that because we're not in this higher dimension. And it blows my mind Me too. that 85% of our universe is um, dark matter Me that too. we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying like he was talking about all these different theories out there that physicists have. Yeah. And his favorite one was like, what if like 85% of this dark matter is just leakage, gravity leakage from this higher dimension uh-huh. leaking into our dimension and universe. Yes. But we just, that it's always been there, but we just can't perceive it or Yeah, we can't it. test it. We can't, we don't have any instruments that can Close pick it up. Mind. Oh, this, I mean, oh my God. anybody <laughs> that listens to the show knows that I'm like, yes, this is yeah, all so I think I. about. So am um, I. And I love, because I was so thinking crazy. about, yeah, I love that, you know, that thought experiment of like what it would be like for a two-dimensional person to experience 3D. Like if you were, if you were, if your universe was a piece of paper flat yeah. and a sphere moved through it, you yeah. just see these slices yeah, of right. it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And oh my uh, gosh. I love that because it's such a good way of thinking about how, even though we can't perceive these higher dimensions, yeah. how mind-blowing it would be if we could. And it gives you a I kind know. of a, Well, yeah. right. And so in thinking as an artist- um, where color, I have such a high sensitivity to color mm. and thinking that I'm, there's, there must be so much more color out there. Than there definitely think is. There is, especially with the photography that we see of outer space. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't think I could contain it. Like, mm. I, I think my brain would just explode, but it's so cool to think about. And he talks about like how one theory about, how the universe began was that it started with like, I think one atom, mm-hmm. one particle. And then like, I don't know, he could say it better, but um, cause I don't fully understand it, but um, there's some sort of like high pressure heat and the particles, something sparked and then mm-hmm. like everything became yeah, everything. Yeah. It was like, there was like nothing and then it became everything. And I was telling, I was talking to my husband about it, who's a mechanical engineer. And so then he was like, all like physics on me. He was like, well, that's one possibility. But you know, the the more, po- the, 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 he's like, well, that's one probability. But the, the most probable scenario actually. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what are you going to say? He was like, actually, oh is that, um, we're all in a computer simulation. Simulation. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't as know. As soon as to I me. feel like maybe I've like grasped this, mm-hmm. he like pulled this like, he's like, no, let's zoom way out again. And I'm like, no, like, what but do I you love mean? That. I mean, that to me <laughs> is why, like, what interests me so much about it is to me, when I'm thinking about, I'm, I consider myself to be, highly spiritual and i know that's a polarizing thing to say but i do i every day i live in that zone of spirit now i know that's weird but let me explain it yeah it to me it's very much through the lens of um this quantum physics in that we don't know there's a bunch we don't know about what we can't perceive yeah but we know that there's a ton that we can't perceive yeah that's what we know yeah and i don't know what it is but i do think that there's a bunch of uh, your consciousness that is not in a sensory way, but in a in some kind of other conscious way 
interacting with all these other dimensions. And so Ugh. I just like, like, that's you crazy know, uh, to yeah. think about. <laughs> and I, I've ah. heard a quantum physicist on the, uh, I think he's a quantum physicist on the on being podcast. You ever oh, heard, no. know that with Chris Tippett? Um, and he's talking about how, like, we know he tries to live in a mindset of knowing the truth. Quantum physics tells us time doesn't exist. It's a way that we perceive it. I, and so he I tries know, to live so from that weird. place. Okay. And to me, that's that's what I mean by, uh, that's the basis, the ground of my spirituality is that kind of thinking of, you know. Just want to be present? Yeah. There's a, yeah, just trying to live into reality beyond what I can perceive, which is more oh, of a state of mind. Okay. Than, yeah. 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 All right. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, but that's what makes it so exciting because I feel like every new thought experiment, every new, you know, like to me, what your husband said versus what you heard, <laughs> heard Neil deGrasse Tyson said, to me, that's just another way of expanding my consciousness, yes. you know? Yeah. I know. And I love expanding. Yeah. The consciousness. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. I love what you're talking about. I want to go <laughs> deep on, there's a few things you said that's that so I'm like, about yeah. about watercolor, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I love, um, you know, when you're talking about the sphere thing, uh, moving in and out. So as it's getting closer to you, it's getting bigger. And then I instantly thought, um, I loved the combination, the unexpected combination of that mental image yeah. with what it would look like to make almost a fine art piece about that or watercolor about that or how do you leap from how do you visualize that or I know uh, or even synthesize or or uh, yeah know. like yeah. and I think in all of my work in the last since I started my business with watercolor actually since watercolor I've always on some level, subconsciously dived into that mm -hmm. or like try to explore it because a lot of my work is about how to capture movement mm -hmm. and space on something, how to capture something that is instantaneous and three-dimensional in a two-dimensional space. Man, that so challenge crazy. is crazy. So that's amazing. Yes. So like um, <laughs> I've always been really inspired by Van Gogh. A lot of people uh -huh. are, but- what I love about his work is that he's trying to capture light and movement and life uh, through color. And so your eyes are constantly moving. Yeah. And so a lot of my work really tries to explore that, whether it's through pattern or repetition or mm. like detail. Yeah. And constant changes in color. And watercolor lends itself really well to that because it's so fluid in itself. And so I'm always trying to explore like how do I create the sense of movement and like ebbing in and out? Um, yeah. And so tying that, I think, into a new body of work about space mm. and the universe, I think could be really interesting. Um, I know that watercolor already in the work that I've done with the one line a day and the celestial note cards, I know that it has the capability of perceiving space and like the photography of the universe and mm -hmm. stars. I know that it has that quality and I can get there, but how do I go even deeper? Mm. And like even deeper than that, like how do I then like represent like particles mm -hmm. and like atoms? And I don't know. I just think there's something really mathematical and pattern. There's something about it. And it's it's another puzzle that like I see all the pieces floating in my mind. And I know it comes together in this really interesting way. I don't know what it is. And yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. But it's also always my process, though. Like, not talking about space, but just the creative process. I never draw, like, I never sketch out a full painting mm -hmm. on in pencil mm -hmm. like a lot of people ask me that like do you sketch on your watercolor paper first and pencil and then you paint over it and i never do that because i don't want to know where it ends mm -hmm. up i think the work is my work is the most interesting when it's intuitive yeah and impulsive is the wrong word but um i think it's it's the most interesting when it's a convert i'm having a conversation with like my shapes and my strokes and colors are having a conversation from one moment to the next. It really allows me to be in the very moment that with my flow, work and flow. responding. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
instantaneously responding to what I'm seeing on paper, seeing what the shape, how it's interacting with the next shape. Um, and so there's like a very, there's a very intuitive state to my creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, I don't really know how it ties into this new body of work, but I it's starting to fester in my mind. And I think having this quiet period. Uh, I have so many questions. Yes. I'm freaking out. It's so good. You should have Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show. <laughs> please, please, please. I, please, I, please. I want to. And I think he has, he really has this. Um, so he did an interview recently mm-hmm. with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And I really. On his show? Yes. Yeah. And it was really interesting. I wouldn't warn, I didn't know this, but like he like wanted to be a physics, hydrophysics major at Yale. But um, anyway, he he was talking about as an actor, an Mm -hmm. artist, how important it is to bring that aspect into the science and astrophysics. So I think you should. Meaning meaning that visually, um, meaning that astrophysics, I think is trying to, bring in more people's interest oh, into this yeah, area yeah. of culture, study and like science. Culture. Yeah, but I think visual art mm-hmm. has a very interesting opening to that yeah. because it's something that everybody can understand and not everyone can understand the intricacies and mathematics of physics. I can't. No, I, don't. I can't either. But visually, oh, yeah. I can be enticed into something about that subject. Yes. And as an artist... It's my job, and I love that I can intrigue people. I can bring people into a conversation about something that surpasses um, language. Mm-hmm. And so it's very universal. Yeah. I think I love that about art. Yeah. I Anyone love that. can understand and interpret a circle and a color. And um, well, I also like, um, you know, it goes. It, you're, you're, you're talking about transcending language. And I think yes. what's interesting that and there, there's kind of two sides to that. You've got my brain working in its most abstract state, which is my favorite, but Let's some people there. are like, wow, <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that. So it reminds me of um, this idea of like a picture transcends uh, uh, language. It reminds yes. me of how, um, uh, okay, think about it like, it does so for like a baby, so like a yes. ba- right. So it's on a on a lower level than right. langu- in than language in a way, but very primal, very primal. But and then I think on a higher level too, which reminds me of um, a few different things. So like, there's a bunch of like when people have scientifically quantifiable mystical experience. Have you ever heard of this? No. So it's like when people like in a lab. I mean, it happens out of a lab, but in a lab. They've like witnessed brain activity of someone's on LSD or oh, whatever, okay, yeah. and they have what's quant. It, there's certain things that quantify it as a mystical experience, oh, like okay. a sense of oneness, did it, all these okay. things, and it has very particular brain activity, and it changes right. yeah, them, the, you yeah. know. And yes. that experience, uh, things like that, are also nonverbal. So, like as you try to explain them, yeah, uh, they actually that. Where that's held in your brain, uh, the memory actually gets lessened the more you try to put words to it. Oh, my gosh. So, so, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like you have a crazy dream, and to you, yes. it's meaningful. Yeah. And then you're like, let well, me tell but, you about it. And you're like, wait, it's getting dumb. Yeah. Like, uh, the, you know. Every time you think about your dream, it gets yeah less. It's like a derivative, and it becomes less and less. Yeah. And so I love the idea that you know pictures are both primal and like the lower form that's still legit and like very and primal in that oh yeah you know this is very what it means to be human but then then there's language and then on top of language there's this other nonverbal thing that mm. pictures can do which are like a mystical experience which is like mm. beyond language not just below yeah. it but beyond it and it also um anyway i'm not going to keep going down the thread because i could go for a long time about no, that. no i agree with you yeah. though yeah. i agree so i have two thoughts on that one in college i studied um traditional chinese at a university close to my school mm. And I got really into pict- pictography um, because that's what the Chinese language was. Is it based. Brown? Pictogram, yeah. Yeah. So I went to Brown. Just say and it. <laughs> Brag about <laughs> it. I wish I went to Brown. Come Actually, on. you know, it was great. Yeah. I because bet it was. I didn't have to get into Brown to yeah. take a Brown course. It's pretty and sweet. So, yeah. 
And so I took advantage of that, but um, which you could have got into Brown anyway. Just I don't, I don't think yeah, I could. No, well, yeah, I bet no. you could. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> no, I could not have. But okay, so uh, Chinese language pictograms yeah. is what the Chinese written language is based on. Mm. So right. it's yeah. really that makes sense. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's very, it's very poetic. Visual, probably yeah. yes. Yeah. And then um, my other thought is a dream project I want to do. I've thought about it since college thesis mm. is I want to be able to write a book one day that had no words and was just pictures mm-hmm. and like in the most simplified form too like what if it was just a book with circles mm-hmm. and um, universally it would be understood yeah. and interpreted in a million different ways and so it's open ended and I just really want could I tell a story with just shapes yes. and colors yeah I Is love that, that possible? I don't know. I don't if, know. I will say that I, <laughs> I love that because uh, I've been thinking my new definition of illustration is writing with pictures. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. I, and the reason I say that is because I um, – so for a little while, I was getting kind of frustrated with some some of the more – vague client projects. I have plenty of client projects that I love. Yeah. But then some of them were like, they're a bit like they're dictating what to draw. Uh, and and uh, and it's really decorative, which is, there's nothing wrong with decorative. It's restric- but when it's not, restrictive. when I'm not, when they're, you know, like you can make something decorative that's meaningful to you. Mm-hmm, where you're yeah. like, oh, this really comes from yeah, my soul. Right. But when it's just like, yeah, when it's dictated to you, it's yeah. there's a, it was just, you know, hollow, right? Yeah. But then or, um, yeah. when I would work on a picture book, recently I've been doing more picture books and I'm not even writing them. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I had the sensation of what it feels like when I write a talk or when I write a podcast or when I write a blog post. Yeah. But through pictures. I'm like, yes. oh, I'm like saying things. Yes. It's and exactly that. And I think um so that that fascinates me, this idea of like writing books with no words and I you're know. still writing it's them. It's such a yeah. good challenge. Yeah, it is super it's good. really hard. Yeah, it is real it's really hard, but it's but really, it's really satisfying. And it's also uh there again, there's that primal aspect of it because I was just listening to uh you should check out um Linda Berry's book, Making Comics. Do you know Linda Berry? You ever no. heard of her? She used to I think she was married to Ira Glass, actually. Oh back my gosh. In the day. Yeah. Um but she's a really famous comics, like underground okay. comics artist. And she has a book called Making Comics that just came out. Um that drawn and quarterly sent to me. And they and she just talks, she goes a lot into uh yeah, the primal nature of pictures and and the more, I don't know, all of the all about writing with pictures. She didn't use that terminology, but that yeah, she just goes into how it's there's so much more humanity and that you know the when we used to write originally, it was through pictures, you know, hieroglyphics oh, yeah. and and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cave drawing. Yeah. So I I don't I I I, I love all that you're saying. I want to go to. Um, there's a few things that you said I want to go back to. So yeah. you uh, you were blowing my mind here with the idea of when you're making a picture, yeah. you're saying I want to represent 3D on yes. 2D. Yes. It's almost like the exactly like the thought experiment that you were saying in reverse. So mm-hmm. you're you know, you're, you know, the one about the sphere moving through a yeah. two-dimensional plane. Yeah. This oh my I, God. Do you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <laughs> it's but like yeah. literally, how can I make, how can I uh, express? Yeah. How can I, yeah. How can I have, <laughs> how can I take 3D and revert it back to 2D in a way that it's represented? And I, then it made me realize that this is something I do. And it's almost like, it's almost like a meditation because, uh, it's like a. I always say what when I, with my pictures, what I want to. One of the things I want to get across is the feeling. You ever you know, like on a nature documentary where you have um, a plant growing in stop motion. Yeah. Right. Yes. There's something about that to me that feels like uh, it's capturing the essence of life, the mystery of yes. life. Right. Well, the, it's the energy. The energy of it. Yeah. Right. And I want to do that with a static picture. Yes. How do you make it feel like that? I do that. Right? I yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. That's why I love watercolor. Tell it's, me about that. 
it's so fluid. Yeah. And so the colors, because it transitions from light to dark, one color to the next so seamlessly, mm-hmm. it has by nature a feeling of the natural world. Yeah. And how light is reflected off objects, light and contrast, all of that. So it's already kind of tied, baked into this medium. Yes. And so then all you have to do is push it mm-hmm. in whatever direction that is. And I'm always trying to push it in the direction of like movement and um, extreme fluidity of yeah. like, or like extreme darkness and lightness and contrast and things that flow and blend and gradiate into each other. It ha- That is the great thing about, you know, the gradient and the spectrum of co- watercolor is it, it does give the illusion that it's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because it was. Yes. Because it was right. moving. Because when it, it was, was wet. Moving. Yeah. Because when it was wet, it was moving. Yeah. And what you're, seeing, what you're seeing, what you're seeing is just, like a photograph, an imprint yeah. of that process uh-huh. of it becoming something onto paper. And um, How so crazy is this? it's so crazy. It blows my mind every time I'm painting. And so I always want to capture- No drugs were used in, vi- in oh, no. this interview. <laughs> it does that, but this is, I mean, I honestly think this type of sensitivity and curiosity, yeah. this is what makes art. Yes. Yeah, it, and, tripping off of it. You know uh, what I'm oh, saying? Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, like, from the first time I tried watercolor, I had that experience. And I think a lot of I people- I love it. Really you sounded like you were talking about a drug. That's how awesome. <laughs> but that's how the, the curiosity and the wonder. Yeah. No, of, it's yeah. it's the wonder. It, it really, like, very deep within me, it taps into this joy and this, like, I love it so much because it is so interesting. And what I love about watercolor, and it's very different from other mediums, is that it's- always different Mm -hmm. it's always a different experience you cannot cannot by nature replicate it and it pushes me and it it's scary because i can't replicate a color and how does this work you can't really control it but i'm a very type a person and i want things in control and i can't this is the one thing that i can't ever control man how therapeutic it is it's very meditative it is it's so interesting but i've always wanted to bring the video media into this because it really is more about the process and the end because the end really is just like a photograph of that process mm-hmm. than those Im- and an imprint of those moments when it was wet mm-hmm. and it was alive. And yeah. now it's like this is the still of like what it became dry. And it has a very different coloration to it yeah. uh, when it was wet versus dry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I'm depicting nature, like with florals and um, landscapes, it's it's a very easy translation of like life and like the 3D bringing into the 2D. Um, But when you go into the abstract uh, and mathematics have have always had an influence and geometry have always had an influence on my work Mm -hmm. in my geos and abstract work, um, it brings like a different dimension to it it's a really weird push and pull because math and physics and science is so um there's very specific constraints yes exact yes watercolor is not no so you're talking about mashing two very different things together and that's what it is for me and i love that because but then the weird thing about all that is that uh the universe is based on math and yet look at the chaos and life and know. you know what I mean? Like it's, it was all the, the only reason know. we know anything about quantum physics is because of equations. Cause we can't perceive it. I know. So we know it's, it's, it the weirdest, it's the weirdest <laughs> riddle. It's like, it's, amazing. it's yeah. the thing so that how like, do we, we get can't, this touchy, they, squishy, like, can't all this, see the particles. Yeah. Right. And right. like the only way is like through, uh, it's weird. Yes. It's really, really strange. Do you know, you should listen to the Radio Lab about the mantis shrimp. Have you ever heard of this? Remind me because I've okay. listened to a lot of the Radio Labs. So, so maybe the, I know. this is um, the mantis shrimp uh, has a <gasps> lot more cones in their yes! eyes. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't Keep need going. It, but all I'm saying is this thing you were talking about of like 
there's all these colors that we can't see or know about. I know. That is a fact. So I we know, know that's yes. true. We know we can't register. I mean, just ultraviolet light, but then I way know. beyond all right. these other things. And I do like the idea of like trying to accomplish the old, the impossible task of showing new colors. I know. Yeah. I'm just super inspired by you speaking to oh, creativity that way. Thank you. I, I it's not, when I teach watercolor, like it's something that I always try and touch on and challenge people because people will come and say like, okay, well let's paint, you know, leaves together or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the assignment is. Um, immediately they'll pick up green. Yeah. Like out of the tube. They're like, well, okay, like leaf is green. And I always try and push them like, no, no. Okay. But why don't you try adding some you yellow say, to that? Color is I, infinite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Here's here's something. Here's something that people people always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually I actually always start my watercolor workshops with. This is actually a therapy session yeah. that you're about to have, rather than a watercolor session. Yeah. Because uh, I'm always like, you can do this. Like, you just have to try. But um, so my color palette, my painting palette, mm -hmm. um, has wells and whatever, and it has all these like areas where you can mix colors. And what people always get so scared about is the fact that I rarely wash the palette part where I'm mixing mm -hmm. and I do it on purpose Oh, it's so because good. I love then it. I'm already starting at a place where I'm not using colors right out of the tube mm -hmm. and I'm pushing myself to make new colors and to be uncomfortable yeah. with colors that are not what I think like a leaf is green all right well let's just throw some purple into it and see what kind of a green that is yeah. and um so i i call it i season i call it like seasoning my palette but people get really freaked out that's about so that good. They, i mean seasoning to a point yeah, yeah, yeah like so seasoning good. seasoning like a, like like a, a yeah. yeah yes yeah, that's yes amazing. because oh my god because that's nature amazing. doesn't um you don't see straight out of the tube no fuchsia Never. i mean no, Almost there's never. always, always subtleties to it because yeah. light is always reflecting. Yes. And, um, but people get really freaked out about that. And I mean, to a point, like I have to wash and start new, but um, people get really uncomfortable with starting a palette that's quote unquote dirty. Mm -hmm. Cause they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this blue that's not blue anymore. Like yeah. it's like purpley blue or like, oh, what is that? What do I do with that? So I always like push my students to, <laughs> I'm always like mixing up their palette and I could tell they just like really tense up. They're like, oh God, I got to like <laughs> rinse this off really quick when she leaves. Um, but Did you, uh, man, okay, hold on. Let me take a note because there's another, I want to go to, um, there's like three things that I don't want to miss them. There was, you were talking about. I was talking about seasoning the palette. <laughs> Season oh my gosh, I love it. That's exactly it. Okay. I already have that. Uh, all right. So there's all right, there's a few things, but it's the first bad. one is actually actually the other part of that is yeah. it's just laziness. But it's amazing. Just, it's so like, I'm it's so amazingness. Lazy. I'm too lazy to clean Dude, it every time. I I love it. I uh, and also, um okay. So I want to speak to I'll start it this way. So I've I've been exploring this idea of there's two two types of creativity I've been thinking a lot about. So um I used to think I love strategy. Yeah. But I used to think uh, that it was the opposite of creativity because strategy, mm. the definition is uh, you pick an end mm -hmm. and then you reverse engineer your plan. Yes. Which, so you're saying start with the end in mind. Whereas yes. most people think of creativity as I don't know where this is going to right. end. Like that, I'm starting without yeah. an yeah. end in mind, yeah. right? Which is what you're talking about. Yeah. I've started to develop a theory about there's exploratory creativity mm -hmm. and then there's strategic creativity because strategic oh, creativity is how you write a mystery novel. So you still creativity because if you write, I, I had this, I bought a mystery novel, how to write a mystery novel, like 101 thing. Uh -huh. And they talk about like, you know, foundation of it is yeah. start with, who who done it? Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. And then reverse yeah. engineer. Okay. How do you? How are we going to get there? Okay. How are we going to lay tricks? How yeah. are we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it becomes like a puzzle, mm. right? And that's a, that's a certain type of creativity. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, this isn't this is probably not the best example, but it's the most pure, unadulterated, exploratory creativity mm -hmm. is the show Lost, because mm -hmm. at least by the admission of the writers. They had no idea where it was going. Mm -hmm. And they were literally just saying, write the next episode 
take it to the craziest place you can think to take it from where we were. Mm. And so there's this like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering how that hits you. But but I think I think um, everybody probably has a natural uh, inclination. I actually think my natural is exploratory. Hmm. But I think that I did a journey to integrate strategic. Mm-hmm. And now I'm probably leaning that way too much. So there's this like, I want to like a push and pull. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm. What I'm thinking about while you're saying that is I, I see create those two things as the same. Yeah. Because I, in my experience, creativity have never been successful for me without constraints. Mm-hmm. If I sat down with a piece of paper and I was like, whatever under the whatever sun, happens, yeah. anything, I mean, and but no, yeah, no, that's but exactly see, true. But, but yes. even then, even then, there are constraints because mm-hmm. I'm constrained to this piece of paper. I'm yeah. constrained to this period of time. There are always constraints. I don't think creativity creativity is possible without constraints. Yes. I think it's why I love math mm-hmm. because there are constraints built into the creativity. So yeah. if I give myself a set of constraints, then I can push on those boundaries. Yes. Because I think as creatives, we always want to push. I and agree. I think if there are no boundaries to push, then it's just like, oh, whatever, Floating. like, I don't really know. And it's not really that interesting or it's not that focused. Yes. But when you have constraints and you have boundaries, you're able to focus your idea and not diverge on like five different ideas mm-hmm. and not knowing, um, but focus on one and take it all the way. So in my in my experience, they're like the same. Yeah, I actually think, that, and that's my, that's where I am now, is that it is a ebb and flow pendulum thing that happens. I think that you, need the, both. you play in between these states mm-hmm. and you work within them. And I think the reason I've been exploring it is that I think when we, th- when the, when our culture thinks of creativity, and I think when creatives think of themselves, mm-hmm. there's the whole think outside the box thing, and that I think it leans really heavily on the exploratory side. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, it's to me, developing that idea as a way of challenging creatives to be like, you know, the constraints, the strategic side, is a really great balance. It's a great springboard to push off from. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can, because I, you know, so many you creators. Have, you have to start somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, lo- I love everything you said. Uh, speaking of which, you're talking about being a type A person. Um, has painting been therapy for your, uh, I'm not, you, you're saying you're type A. I'm not calling you controlling. <laughs> Just saying that. I know a lot, I have a lot of people that are type A. My, I'm my very parents, type A. Um, my stepmom <laughs> and my dad. Um, I'm talking to you. Uh, like, they, usually that comes with a, I want to be in control, right? Yeah. D- was painting, was watercolor therapy of letting go then? Yeah, yeah, like 100%. I It's why I love watercolor um, because it challenges me to let go. Yeah. When every aspect of my life outside of painting is very type A. Yeah. Painting is my time to force myself to be in the moment, in this instant, be present. Yeah. And let go. Uh, and I get ta- really sucked into it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the one thing that is a constant throughout my life, whatever I'm going through, it's the one way that I could really process through things and come out feeling more centered, more joy, like happy yeah. as a person. Um, I was going to say, did it teach you things about how, like I'm assuming you're seeing the results of uh, letting go and letting things happen and collaborating yeah, right. with the page yeah. and the paint uh, rather than owning it. And I wonder if that teaches you things about life when you're going into being a mom or being a uh, a wife or being, you know what I mean? Where you? I know. Yeah, it should. <laughs> I need it to. Um, I think I think it does when yeah. I go when I go into my studio and I'm painting and stressful day with work or uh, balancing like life, home mm-hmm. and work. Uh, when I go into painting, I immediately, it's like a brain switch and I can just get sucked into it. And I'm Mm. like reminded of, okay, letting go, like decompressing. And it feels really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should bring it into more aspects of my life. I wish like 
watercolor could like whisper in my ear and like remind me yeah. <laughs> to do it outside of painting uh -huh. the process of. But but it I think it has taught me, I don't know, it it's really pushed it's continued to push me. And I hope for the rest of my life it continues to push me because then there's no joy in it. There's no challenge to it if if I'm just like, okay, like this is as good as it's ever gonna be. I wonder a lot yeah. if one day there will be a point where I no longer paint watercolor. That um, I hope this isn't the case that mm. I'm influenced by trend and it's like not yeah. trending anymore. So then like I don't paint watercolor. I don't think that's the case because yeah. watercolor for me means more than just a trend. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder if watercolor will transcend at some point into another medium um, in a different way of making art because at the end of the day, I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and if that means a new medium, maybe yeah. that's what it is. Um, if that point comes, I'll know it. Well, but it's kind of like uh, you saying, because I'm exploring this in a way as well, like if there's a medium that captures th those things better, or in a new way that like, you know, you were saying you were interested in video because mm -hmm. yes, uh, yeah, I really am. Right. So like your, your static image is like a screenshot yeah. or a, a snapshot of the, the motion and yes. stuff that you want. And I, and actually I think, um, I wanted to bring this back cause I want to hear what you think about this. I almost feel like trying to capture, like I was saying, I'm, when I draw something, I want to capture in one image uh, that feeling of life energy, yes, right? Right. Yeah. And to me, capturing that feeling of this pulsing feeling in something static reminds me of um, the process of meditation and trying to be in the moment because yeah. the moment is never static. Yeah. It's always a connection of these, yeah. you know. So it's like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love you. it as like a, an illustration that's static. Yeah. It can do something that motion can't do because if it can hold motion in a freeze frame, that's closer to the present moment as we experience it than it is. Moment to moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's trippy, but yeah. I know. Well, yeah. this whole conversation has been I know. Well, I was mind gonna... <laughs> expanding. <laughs> I was just like the yes. universe is expanding. No. Yeah. Uh, my... I was going to say, like, I, uh, I think the second baby made you more trippy and I'm yeah. for it. I'm happy about it. You know, honestly, though, I think I've always had this. Yeah. Uh, I think just really leaning into it has brought it all back. Yes. Well, I think. Um, I don't want, I have this weird tangent thing in my mind, but I was just going to say that I think uh, that, that I, even though I am interested in the static thing, I am interested also in does animation capture that feeling better in a way that I'll never be able to capture in a moment. Like the still image I does know. something that, that uh, the animation can't do, but, but the animate, yeah, does that make sense? Well, I think in theory, the animation would be a more, direct connection yeah. and expression but then does it take it the does it take the interesting aspect out of it because then it's like so like Literal. on the nose maybe yeah, yeah. but and it's like i don't it know loses the but, leap when yeah, we kept right, talking about the exactly. synesthetic leap of like well it's two things that we're calling them the same but they're not uh, and that's right. where the interesting part yeah, of it is you're, yeah you're pushing it together i don't know but it could also push the static idea to somewhere new yeah. that like watercolor has its limitations. Mm -hmm. But if I can bring animation into that and push it even further down that specific path, mm -hmm. maybe it'll be even more interesting. Maybe True. not. Yeah. But, but it's worth exploring and trying and it's terrifying. I don't know. But I, I'm interested in, I, I know nothing about animation, Yeah. but um, I think it could be really interesting. You know what would be cool? Uh, as like um, I so I have so many things going on in my brain this is this conversation is really good yeah, uh, but one this. thing I thought about was you know you ever have those like you ever see those like breathing apps where it's like an expanse yes. and a down yes. what would be cool is to put your moving uh, watercolor on a boomerang loop 
ah. to where like it goes from small to big, yes. down to big ah. to small. Like that would be like amazing. These tessellation kind Actually, of aura, okay, not tessellation. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm just gonna say this one thing about uh, what I'm thinking about animation. One thing I love about watercolor is very specific to watercolor is its translucency mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. So what if it was like all these translucent layers, but ebbing and flowing in and out of space? Yeah. Uh, and time, no. Yeah. But space though, uh, just like adding translucency into that and adding gradient on top of that, mm-hmm. I think just throwing all those things into one pot, I think could be something really cool. Yeah, that uh, is super cool. I don't know what that looks like, but I think... I think this, I think my interest in pattern and color and watercolor, all of these things pushed together into something static, then you add animation onto it, can then bring it, those patterns alive and Mm -hmm. not be literal, but be like another level of like artistic creation and uniqueness. Um, being able to see my patterns move, I think could be really cool. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, um, I got, so that's the one thing about a good interview mm-hmm. is you, uh, if it's going too well, then you lose what you're going to say next because you're <laughs> listening. So yeah. I was very sucked into that and I was going to land it all with, oh, that, uh, you know, I'm, it's really exciting to hear you trip out about creativity and I'm in a similar boat and I've been thinking about how your creative goals and your business goals don't have to, uh, they don't have to compete. They don't have to be exclusive. However, I do find in my journey that there was a real season of getting the business working Mm. and, and that was great. And I was all in, Mm -hmm. but I'm all for this season where Mm -hmm. my creativity has turned up a bunch Mm -hmm. and I'm so into, I'm less into like maximizing the strategy behind getting max profit and best jobs and these clients, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm more interested in tripping out over color synesthesia and stuff like that. But you know, the reason why you're able to do that is because you put in the time. Exactly. And that is the takeaway that I wanted to, that, that I'm glad you said that because my point was, my point wasn't like, and the creativity is better. It's more just like, no, the whole idea. Yeah. Yes. You have to have both. Yep. Because if you just had the creativity, then you wouldn't be able to share it with people successfully or the way you want it to. I wouldn't, to me, and I think this is a there's like a rebirth of creative pep talk for me because for the for the longest time I thought it's about business and art and it's about them going hand in hand uh-huh. uh, and business can be great and all that and I'm but then now I'm feeling like my true heart has always been even though I had to go through a season of hardcore business and like really going in yeah. there my whole heart has always been get the business right get the money right because yeah. money is time and oh, you yeah. don't have time if you don't have money. You might not like that. The fact yeah. that's the fact that we live in that world. Uh, yeah, and maybe maybe you can work to change that. Yeah, maybe change the government. Cha- I'm, you know, do it if you th- if if that's what's in your heart. But you can't ignore the fact that for 2020, where we're at, mm-hmm. you, like time is money, and if you yeah. want time to waste on creativity in the yes. best possible sense, you've got to get the money right. Yeah, yeah, at least enough to keep. Being able to do the work that you—that's what I mean. I've always had that, it's, and I think exactly this is—I think I mean. this is another conversation for another day. You're but right. I, I love you're like the you're like the real host who's like I think this is the end so of Andy, the- <laughs> welcome welcome to my show. Uh, no, but I I think that um oh now I've lost my I'm train. sorry okay. no it's sorry. okay you were saying I, uh, something about money we, I I think I have this I always have this conflict even now. Um, Part of the fear of starting new, some starting a new direction is I worry that my work becomes too commercial. I think it comes from being coming from an art school where it's hounded into you yeah. to be a fine artist and to not quote unquote sell out to the commercial industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal philosophy is I think bringing the two together is my personal goal yeah. in my career. Um, because then I can share it with more people yeah. and it's more accessible and it doesn't just live 
in a gallery, which I I think it's more interesting when people can experience and use mm-hmm. my work. Um, but I do, I, I think about, it's a conflict in my mind of like, am I, am I selling out too much? Am I going to commercial? Is my work no longer about the art? But I don't, and then I always come back to, no, I don't think that because it's always about the idea first, yeah. whether it's this idea about space or my love for nature, um, whatever it is, it comes back to the idea. And I, I think as long as it always comes back to that idea first and that curiosity the why, first, the heart. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm not selling out. My work genuinely isn't commercial because I'm not creating the art to sell the art. Yeah. I'm creating the art because I have a genuine passion and interest in exploring this thing. But I think having my work in commercial spaces gives me the opportunity and the time to be able to explore and have these downtimes where I can decompress, which is good for everyone well it's good for you your creativity that. you need that it's good for, for you the to, creativity you have, yes. yeah like that yeah i'm you have uh, to have that break yes and i'm i'm like more and more convinced every day from the you know the case studies and the and the biographies and the stuff that i'm reading like this the best stuff comes from uh a, where you've got time and space to lose yourself into stuff. Okay. I think we did it. Great conversation. <laughs> this was amazing. This is awesome. Yeah, it was so good. I'm super inspired. I know. Now I'm, I want to go paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what um yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks yes. for coming. This was Thank awesome. Thank you for having me. We'll have you after your next baby. Yeah. Which will be never. <laughs> okay. Never see <laughs> I you mean, again. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> the coming back, yes. I'd be happy to. All right. See you okay. later. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Yao, for taking the time to uh, chat about how all the other dimensions feed into your two-dimensional artwork. Uh, That was awesome, and it's very much my jam. Hope you guys all got inspired and excited about that. Go follow Yao, Yao Chang Design, Y-A-O-C-H-E-N-G-D-E-S-I-G-N. Almost got lost there. Um... Yao's work's gorgeous. You'll be glad it's in your feed. Uh, She's great. Go check her out. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Jordan Aaron for editing the show. Thanks to Ryan Appleton for doing the intro, managing my chaos, helping me and Yao find time to sit down and talk and, and just generally be in support with the content. Thanks, Rye. Rye. Okay. You know what you got to do until we speak again? Got some exciting stuff coming up on the show. Um, Stay pepped up. That was way mild. Stay pepped up.